Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Warning, you're about to spend an hour inside the vast and wonderful wasteland known as Brian's Brain. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining and magical Pipes Magazine radio show. I am your host, Brian Levine, and as I sit here and record this, it's Friday the 13th of November, because... I'm at Disney World, and as you're listening to this on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, I'm at Epcot Center, and uh, Russ Hicks is not. More on that in just a little bit, but in tonight's show, hey, I thought, you know, uh, the the video of my presentation at the uh, West Coast Pipe Show was posted on YouTube, and there's a link to it in the uh, on the radio show page. So if you want to watch that, it's unedited, raw, sometimes a little hard to hear, but it's 50-something minutes of the presentation. What you're going to hear in pipe parts? I thought it'd be fun. I'll read some of the other Fast Five final question answers from some of the uh, from some of the attendees. I've chosen them at random, better known as I don't even know what I'm going to read yet because I shuffled the pack and they are sitting right here to my right just waiting. Uh, my guest tonight, one of the uh, one of the legends, Tim West. Tim West will be my guest. This was uh, pre-recorded about a week ago, and you'll enjoy it. I enjoyed it. I love Tim West. He's a lot of fun. Uh, music, a uh, abbreviated mailbag, and a rave tonight. All that coming up on uh, tonight's pre-recorded episode of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Uh, so if all goes as planned, I got to the Magic Kingdom on Saturday and Russ Hicks and his family came down and we hung out on Saturday and Sunday. That, at least that's what the plan is. And so that's why I uh, said, because uh, Russ is not there, he had to go back home on Monday. Anyway, uh, hopefully uh, everybody's enjoying the fall final weather that has hit here, and hopefully this show will entertain you while Mickey Mouse is entertaining me, because I'll be at Epcot watching Illuminations at 9 o'clock tonight, hopefully. Anyway, enough jibber-jabber. Let's get going. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company. Here we go. Meet Josh. Everyone at SmokingPipes.com holds customers as a high priority, but nobody interacts with them more personally than Josh. He's our professor of pipes, if you will. As a previous professor of history, educating the customer comes easily to him. He loves explaining the history of a particular pipe to a customer or coaching his customer service team. I love to help customers find that perfect piece for their collection. It's my job to make sure there's a smile on the other end of the line and I'm more than happy to be the one to put it there. And although Josh's job can sometimes be quite demanding, he doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why? Because I don't just sell pipes, I smoke them. Call us at 1-888-366-0345. That's 1-888-366-0345. Or check us out online at SmokingPipes.com. We are quality. We are experts. We are smokingpipes.com 
This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corn Cob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corn cob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. You know, it was uh, right here at Walt Disney World at the Magic Kingdom where I bought my first pipe, and it was a Missouri Meerschaum. So, hey, I probably, uh, I definitely smoked a pipe while I was here this week. All right, so going back to the West Coast Pipe Show, and in no particular order whatsoever, uh, Nathan Rimkus submitted for the Fast Five final questions, and... Uh, Nathan, uh, quite a quite a pipe maker in his own right, says a Stanwell featherweight, uh, Frog Morton on the Bayou, uh, Scotch in particular, Lafroig, and he enjoys music. And if you don't remember the Fast Five final questions, well, stay tuned, you'll hear them. Um, let's see, going forward here is um, Micah favorite pipe: Micah Redmond Strawberry Short Shank Egg. Uh, favorite tobacco, Drew Estate, 7th Avenue, uh, 7th Avenue Blend, Blonde. Uh, favorite drink, Flor de Cana, Nicaraguan Rum. And, uh, <laughs> time to relax, none of the above. Trigger, trigger happy, or trigger therapy is the, is relaxing. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. Um, favorite memory. Let's see if I can read this. It says, after two years of dating my future wife, my mother found out I smoke cigars and pipes and not cigarettes. Oh, her mother found out I, I smoked cigars and pipes, not cigarettes. My future mother-in-law said it was my only redeeming quality. She loves me now. <laughs> there you go. Um, let's see. Uh, next one says, JD Smoking Pipes likes Margate, Hennessy, and at the end of every day, music. This is kind of fun. I didn't actually look through these. I should have, uh, I should have looked through them first and picked out some of the funnier ones, but they're all good. Uh, favorite pipe, the Danish egg my son made for me. Lane's 1Q. Coffee with Hazelnut Coffee Mate, a book, and a bowl I had with my son and Mark Tinsky in his shop. That would be fun, too. Uh, let's see. Jim, Des uh, Jim Deshane wrote, Jim Deshane Smoking Pipes Bent Apple Blowfish Number 1, Old Joe Krantz, GLP's Haddo's Delight and Golden Slice, A Good Rye Whiskey or Small Batch Whiskey, uh, likes to relax with all of the above. And uh, making pipes with Mark Tinsky and my dad in his in Mark's shop while it was... That must have been uh, Jim's dad that was on the first one. And next we have favorite pipe, corn cob. Uh, favorite tobacco, Edward G. Robinson blend. Favorite drink, Tom Collins. Enjoys a movie. And Bob wrote... Uh, Watching my uncle enjoy sitting in his lounge chair and enjoying his briar pipe with Sir Walter Raleigh. Uh, that might be a bit of a theme in some of these. 
what is this one says what is your favorite pipe they are all family likes stonehaven from esoterica favorite drink is blood and sand i'm not sure if that's a drink uh or what that is somebody fill me in and enjoys a book no name on that one uh favorite pipe michael park's billiard um and enjoys any english blend especially germaine Favorite drink, vodka, gimlet. Enjoys music. And then a favorite memory was meeting Paolo Becker in Rome and purchasing a pipe from him. Wow, that had to be fun. Uh, next one, favorite pipe, Costello. Favorite tobacco, don't have a favorite. Favorite drink, champagne. I think that's a first. And enjoys a book. And no name. Uh, let's see, John McWilliams writes, uh, favorite pipe, Barling Smooth Canadian, I got 50 years ago. Favorite tobacco, Quiet Nights. Favorite drink, Cappuccino, and enjoys a movie. And the next one is from Matthew, can't read the last name, sorry Matthew. Uh, Northern Briars, uh, Ian, made by Ian Walker, or Lavat. Uh, Cornell and Deal, Star of the East, New Belgian 155, or Famous Grouse, I think, I think that's what it says, a book, and uh, playing with my uncle's pipes was his favorite memory. And we'll do one more for now. If you want to hear more, just let me know, and we'll do them in a, in a future episode. Uh, this one from my friend Tom Foffel, uh, Park Sandblast Lavat. Balkan Sobrani original mixture, coffee, and a book. So there's some uh, Fast Five final questions from the West Coast Pipe Show. And again, you can watch the uh, video of it on YouTube. All right, in just a minute, Tim West. This is Internet Radio. Craftsmanship, history, tradition. These are the hallmarks of all quality products. From the finest wines bottled in France to the most highly engineered automobiles manufactured in Germany, Denmark has been the one country in the world where craftsmanship, history and tradition have for centuries created the finest pipe tobaccos in the world. Since 1887, the Halberg family have led the pipe tobacco industry through their ownership of Mac Baron Tobacco Company and they continue to create the most sought-after blends in the world today, just as they did over 100 years ago. In keeping with their long history of providing the world with the best tobacco on earth, Mac Barron is proud to announce their newest creation, Modern Virginia, as a loose-cut version and a flake version. Bright and dark, rich Virginia tobaccos have been combined with just a hint of burley for strength in this soft and smooth smoke with delicious fruit undertones. As the world leader in flake tobacco production, Mac Barron is sure that this blend will appeal to the true connoisseurs of traditional Virginia flake tobacco, as well as those who like their tobaccos on the sweeter side. Enjoy the culmination of centuries of experience by picking up a tin of Modern Virginia from Mac Barron Tobacco Company. Available at fine tobacconists everywhere. Hi, my name is Eileen Sachi from MarketingPipes.com. If you attend the major pipe shows or buy pipes on eBay, chances are you know my dad, Hank Sachi, or eBuyer1932. My dad has been a pipe collector for over three decades and a reseller on eBay for the last 12 years. His new website is marketingpipes.com. At marketingpipes.com, you will find high-quality, hand-picked pipes. 
Carvers, join my dad's vast network of collectors across the globe and let my dad promote your brand. Collectors, consign your pipes at affordable commissions or buy your next collectible pipe at marketingpipes.com. Thank you. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. And as I said earlier, joining me on the phone is, um, I, you know, Tim, every time I see you, you're one of the happiest guys I've ever seen. And there's probably something wrong with you, but we'll figure that out. Uh, Tim West is not only the pipe maker and uh, owner of the J.H. Lowe Company, but one of the best repair guys in the world. So, Tim, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hi, Brian. Glad to be here. All right, so how did you, uh, you... You're not one of the young guys, so you so we've got some history to go through. Uh, how did you get involved in the pipe repair and pipe making world? Well, it wasn't it wasn't pipe repair first. It was pipe making, and I was a seventeen year old high school kid. Should have been doing my homework. I was downstairs in my stepdad's basement, uh, you know, uh, making a pipe for myself. Uh, I had a really good friend uh, whose father had a uh, a museum collection of of all kinds of carved and sculpted pipes and a lot of GBDs and stuff. Because we had Smokers Haven here in town here in Columbus, and uh, very infatuated with, with what he was smoking and, and the types of pipes that he had and stuff like that. Uh, being 17 years old, you know, I looked up to him as a father figure, and um, I, I started, you know, uh, went down to Smokers Haven. They uh, offered me a block of wood and a couple of stems, and that are you handy with your hands? I thought I was, so I went home and, and made a, uh, a pipe shaped in the form of a skull's head. Um, it, it was kind of squarish. Of course, every person's first pipe is kind of squarish because it comes from a square block of briarwood. But it turned out real nice. Everybody could look at it and see that it was a skull's head. Then I did a, uh, a hand, a human hand, holding a, a bowl, tobacco bowl, with the mouthpiece coming off the wrist. And then the third pipe that I did uh, this was all when I was 17, 18 years old. Um, I, uh, I made a clown, a uh, clown's head. It was a human figure head with a hat and a pointed, pointed hat, um, and it looked real nice. Um, uh, but those were the first three pipes that I did, um, and uh, did a few other smooth-shaped pipes for, for myself and kind of got out of that. Didn't uh, didn't really make any more pipes for a long time until '75, uh, when uh, the band I was playing in broke up, and I needed something to do while I was waiting for a job to come by, uh, come along, and uh, no job ever came along. Uh, I kept making uh, pipes on the side, uh, then started going to arts and craft shows, and uh, then it just you know started paying bills and. Here I am, forty years later, still uh, working in the in the business. Now, are you still waiting for another band to come along, or? Uh, or... Oh no, <laughs> no, I have I have nightmares about uh, <laughs> about uh, uh, not making the gig on time and stuff like that. No, 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 no. I still got the instrument. I play bass guitar, uh, and uh, still got the instrument. Still got the front Fender bassman and stuff like that. But um, I. I I don't play the instruments anymore. Wait, wait a second. So you've got a late '60s, early '70s Fender bass? I got, yeah, I do. I, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a mid '60s 
fender basement. Um, I converted the the original cabinet. Uh, put a, I put a, a new uh, speaker plate, uh, what they call the, the board, in the front, and I put two J two fifteen inch JBLs in the corner, <laughs> and pro- put the proper baffles in between the speakers with proper holing for air to to flow in and out so the speakers can move. Yeah, it was a real nice setup. Real nice, real nice little. Uh, uh, it was. It played like a really big amp, but it was a smaller, smaller venue uh, Fender basement. Uh, so, what kind of music were you playing? Oh, uh, we played a little bit of everything. Uh, the the guys in the band were really good musicians. We played some light jazz. We played some rockabilly. We played rock and roll. We played, of course, the usual. At that time, it was it was Eagles and stones and things like that but we never really got into heavy metal played a lot of uh country rock um and uh um, and and some soft and some soft lounge music as well just wherever we needed to go play we would go play wow all right yeah it was fun it was fun while it lasted so the pipe making part of it came first and were how would you have classified your pipes in the in the 70s well, in, in, in 75, I opened up a little 100-square-foot uh, a, a little booth, 10-by-10-square-foot 10 10 uh, booth in a little place called Monkey's Retreat. And, <laughs> and the, the Monkey's Retreat was a little kind of a craftsman's bazaar uh, where there were uh, other craftsmen in there uh, with their own little kiosk and their own little booths, and they would do jewelry or leather uh, there was the monkeys who owned the the, the the storeroom, and they had comics and and, and uh, paperbacks. And it was just kind of a, a, a communal type place where we made our made our wares and went out and sold it. And I went off and did lots of arts and craft shows on the weekends. Uh, I'd come back to the shop and then make pipes, and then on the weekends I'd go out and do an arts and craft show. So eventually, though, somebody bought a pipe or had a pipe that was broken so they brought it to me said can you fix it and I said well probably so as soon as I fixed the pipe I became a repairman <laughs> and every pipe maker becomes a repairman as soon as he fixes one of his own or, or someone else's uh, it's, it's, it's just a natural journey if you become a pipe maker you're going to become a repairman it just depends on how far you take the repair side of it well I I let it, you know, eventually it, it, it took over my business. Uh, some 20 years later, I'm doing more repairs than I'm doing pipe making. Were the uh, were the pipes that you were making, were they uh, freehand style or were they figural or what were you doing? In the early days, and what I call my starving artist days, I was doing a lot of sculptured works, very a lot of figurals. Um, uh, whatever whatever I could get uh, a customer interested in, whatever their interests were, I would try to find a pipe shape that would match their interest, and thus I would try I would be able to make a sale because I would build them a pipe with whatever interest they had. Uh, you know, they could bring me pictures of their dog, and I'd make make a pipe that looked like their dog. Uh, if they were a fisherman, I'd make a pipe that looked like uh, that, that was uh, a fish coming. You know, bending and flipping out of the water kind of uh, idea. Um, just you know, whatever their interest was, I'd try to build it into the pipe, make a sale. 
uh, did a lot of figurals, did a lot of just smooth shapes, um, hand-cut shapes, not necessarily always classic or always freehand. In those days, it was it was Prevent Holman and Ben Wade and, and those types of freehands, but I wasn't doing that kind of freehand. This was just like a freehand classic um, hand-cut shape, whatever whatever I could doodle on the side of a block of wood or from from a paper pad or something like that, I would I would make a, make a shape in. <laughs> was there ever a, a a carved design that you couldn't get satisfied with? No, I'm sitting here thinking, no, can't I can't. That's a good. That's a really good. That's a good unique question. That uh, doesn't come up very often. Um, I'm sure back in the day there were some things that I couldn't do in a figural pipe um, because of the because of the, the the shape or whatever they wanted it done too thin it was too you know too something or other for the shape um, you know you, you can't make you can't make a you, you can't make a pipe out of a bowling pin if a guy's a bowler um, yeah. because it's way too thin but you can make a pipe out of a bowling ball and put a pin next to it uh and i did do that um so you know there's things you can do to get around it but not not everything can be made into a pipe not every shape put it that way <laughs> so the the repair thing started to take off and did that overtake the pipe making only after late in the game really um i was i was doing a lot of pipe making from 75 until 80 and then in 1980 I, I moved out of the monkeys retreat location and went downtown columbus to where they had built a convention center and they attached to the convention center a, a merchant's mall um and i was the uh, smoke shop in the merchant's mall so from 1980 until 91 i was in the ohio center uh ohio center mall um, and i made pipes out of there still was doing arts and craft shows on the weekend but we were selling cigars and tobacco and tin tobaccos and cigarettes. And we were we were you know offering um, product to the office workers downtown, as well as the conventioneer uh, that was coming in from out out of state um, to for for business. Um, so it was it was a real nice location, uh, but eventually it it, it the location. Uh, didn't work as well as it did in the beginning or for reasons of the big business and convention centers and stuff like that. So I had to move, sold the business to one of my employees, and and then brought it back home uh, and started working again out of the house. Uh, that's pretty much when I started uh, actively trying to build the re- repair side of the business through retail smoke shops uh, to have them to bring in uh, repair uh, broken pipes uh, that needed repair to their local smoke shop, and then they would either mail them to them to me, or if they were local, I would go pick them up. The broken repair, the broken pipes, and then bring them home, repair them, and then either deliver them by mail or hand deliver them when they were done. Um, so it, the repair business really in '91, in the '90s, that really started really started going. Uh, uh, started becoming a business that was uh, probably more than what I really ever wanted the repair business to be because I always considered myself a pipe maker first, but eventually 
repair business was making uh, and doing more business than, than the pipe making was. So cash, you follow the cash flow, and that's, what, <laughs> that's where it took me. And, and food is nice to have occasionally. <laughs> yeah, in a warm house yeah. <laughs> in the winter. <laughs> All right, so how does the J.H. Lowe Company come into you? Um, early in the uh, early in the pipe making thing, when I started as a business in the in the seventies, seventy five or so, um, uh, I got word about um, J. H. Lowe and Company that uh, sold pipe parts. Uh, they were basically a repair supplier, but they were starting to get into supplying uh, pipe parts and briar and stuff like that for pipe makers at the time. So I started working with J.H. Uh, uh, Lowe to buy my stem supplies, uh, my, some of my briar, uh, whatever I needed, some tooling, because they, uh, they had an adjustable uh, tenon cutter that was really, very nice. They had a, uh, a sanding pad, a sanding disc that was very, very nice uh, that for finished sanding uh, work. Um, so they had some things that were really nice for like pipe makers and pipe repairmen, and um, I, uh, you know, became I was one of their better one of their one of their better customers, um, and, and and I understood that much later too when um, uh, uh, John Howard, uh, his last name was Lowenstein, John Howard Lowenstein, uh, became ill. This was in the uh, uh, late '90s and early uh, 2000s. Uh, he became ill with cancer and eventually uh, passed. And the family uh, put the business up for sale. I uh, uh, I called him, placed an offer on on the business because I thought it would match what I was doing very well and be a good inventory for me to have. So um, that kind of my offer was was what I thought was fair, but it was but I think they might have thought they could have gotten a little bit more. So they went away for a little while, maybe six months or so, trying to sell it for, for a little bit more. But then they really, really came back to me saying, really don't necessarily want to sell it to anybody but you. That's what John Howard wanted. Uh, he wanted you to have the business, so we're going to take your offer. Even though they were going to get probably more from someone else, they wanted somebody to caretaker the business as he did. And I knew the business very well, so I was fortunate enough and lucky enough to to uh, have them accept my offer, and I got the JHO business. And, it, and it, no, no, there we go. Now, now it's pipe making, <laughs> pipe repairing, and a pipe parts business. Uh, so <laughs> three little businesses in one that one guy is trying to run. So my time is pretty slim, but uh, it, it's it's good. It's really very very good. So I have the knowledge uh, of pipe repair and pipe making to help whoever's buying the pipe parts for themselves to help them with their questions that they need to have answered. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, all the all the supplies that Lowe, that J.H. Lowe has, uh, pipe repair, and we might even uh, dig into the figures again. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. I wish I had a genie who could make it easy to order pipes and tobaccos online. 
You don't need a genie, sir. Visit fullnoggins.com. They stock all your favorite pipes and tobaccos, and every order gets fast personal attention. Orders are packed carefully and shipped quickly by priority mail. Fullnoggins.com. Fournoggins.com. I can still see you, you know. A bit rusty, sir. Fournoggins.com. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell and Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenet's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell and Deal's Cellar Series. The secret ingredient is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information. We are back and visiting with Tim West, the man that does everything except for grow tobacco. Uh... So I'm looking at the J.H. Lowe catalog, and how many different stems do you offer? We, we, you know, the J.H. Lowe business started in, in 1947. Uh, that's, that's when they actually uh, created the business. They were probably, they could have been done, doing it for a while out of, the, out of the house, but they actually created the business uh, in 1947. And their first item that they had to sell was uh, pipe putty, which <laughs> everybody calls fills, fillers, uh, yeah. things to finish the pipes when they have flaws and things like that. And, and uh, what everybody curses today, they, that's what they got them started. They had, a, they had a, a, a secret recipe putty that was one of the best putties ever uh, to, to use, and they were selling, and of course, there was pipe-making, manufacturing, and all over the, the East Coast. So they had, and they were based in, in New York, uh, New York City, so uh, they had quite a little customer business running with just the, just the, uh, uh, the fill, flaw uh, filling business. And then they started getting into, they, Kay Woody was really big back then, uh, back in the 40s, 50s, so they started uh, with repairmen, they started supplying them uh, uh, K. Woody uh, stems, K. Woody aluminum pipe parts, uh, and connectors and things like that. And uh, it, it just kept growing and growing and growing. So when, when you, over the years that they had it, they uh, really developed quite an inventory of of uh, all stems from all manufacturers, English, German, Italy. Italy had like three or four or five uh, manufacturers. They had French stems. They had Greek stems. <laughs> so uh, they really uh, developed quite an inventory for, for pipe repairmen. 
Uh, and then eventually, by, and, and coming out of the uh, 60s and 70s, they started getting some pipe makers that were requiring some of their supplies. So when you say how many stems do you have, well, a couple hundred thousand. But how many styles? Uh, thousands of, of different makers' styles. Um, if you if you go to the JH Low website, it's it's it really is just uh, bit charts. It's just dimensional uh, bit charts, uh, part charts of, of sizing, uh, length, width, and 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 style. Um, uh, and, it, and when I when I bought the business, I went down to uh, Stone Mountain, Georgia, where the business was located at the time. And uh, he was running it out of his house. I had to I had to rent the largest U-Haul that there was available. It was like it was 18, <laughs> 18 foot long. And I had to leave some boxes behind. There, I had it filled from the front to the back and side to side and all the way to the top. Okay. Uh, so when I brought it home, um, uh, there's still there are still boxes today. And I brought it home in two thousand and I think is when I bought it. Um, there are still boxes today that I haven't gotten into in the last 10 years, uh, 15 years since I bought the business. Um, that's how much inventory there is. I'm looking at the list right now, and you actually have the denture flat lip stems. I have, you have some of those. P-lips. Yeah. You have <laughs> all kinds of well, stuff. Mostly it's all English. Mostly it's English slotted. Uh, you know, I still have some of the old twin bores, not very many large diameter twin bores because nobody's ever nobody uh, has made twin bores for a long time. So, the most popular twin bores that were needed were larger diameters, five eighths of an inch or more, and those were sold out quickly. So even when I bought the business, there wasn't very there there was there were some things that were missing that are no longer being made today. But I've still got. I've still got stems that some repairmen uh, are looking for that they can't get anywhere else. So you're not only supplying your own repair business, you might be supplying other pipe repairmen as well as pipe oh, makers yeah. that want to buy stuff. I mean, you, you've you literally got yeah, everything got a, that they need. I've got a links page on, on the JH Low website that uh, when, somebody, when somebody buys something from me and they're in business, um, and they have a web page. Uh, it goes up. You know, I, I'm I'm all about trying to advertise uh, all the pipe makers, all the pipe repairmen, anybody that does business with, with me. If I can help them out, that's great. Uh, maybe they'll just buy more parts and pipes uh, from me. But uh, pipe parts. But uh, let's 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 help them out. Let's, let's let's you know, I'm not the only repairman out there. I don't want all the business. I got enough. I got enough business. So there's other guys out there that are really good, um, that uh, are doing uh, doing pipe repair. Uh, I've, I've 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 opened up a lot of pipe repair with uh, with the classes that I offer in pipe making and pipe repairing. Um, there's a couple guys out there right now that are doing it and well known, um, and uh, they're on the links page. And before we got before we got on the air, we'd talked that I want to upgrade my buffing wheel and all that stuff, and you're going to help me get that all hooked up. Yep. And 
get the right buffing wheels so for those of us pipe smokers that want to be able to clean our own pipes we can come directly to you for all the buffing wheels the compounds and all that stuff too and then hopefully uh, not kill yeah. ourselves yeah yeah with the uh, uh for a lot of the uh, the guys out there that are listening to this that that have a little bit of knowledge about you know buffing buffing wheels buffing setups and things like that a real famous name is uh, in the buffing wheel setups is uh, Beal. Uh, well, uh, uh, Beal was a craftsman at uh, a lot of the shows that I would go to way back in the 90s. And uh, I would travel around to the shows with one of J.H. Lowe's uh, buffing wheel setups with the buffing wheels and the arbors and my electric motor and everything and my turn ten and turner and everything that they, I, I got from J.H. Lowe. And uh, Beal was very interested in, in the buffing wheel setup that I had. So uh, at the Winter Fair here in Columbus, I uh, showed him how it worked and how it, it, it threaded and, and, and worked on the wood and the compounds and how it would shine, uh, the plastics and woods and things like that. And he was very, very interested in it, and he went off and, told him where he could get it, and he went off and bought it from J.H. Lowe. And then uh, uh, some years later, um, he started making his own uh, Beale system from what he had purchased from and saw from the J.H. Lowe system. Uh, system. Now, now, John Howard was not a, a super marketer, uh, but, uh, but, Beale, but Beale was, and Beale's done a really, really good job. So, so uh, when you when you think of the buffing wheel system today, a lot of guys think of the Beale system, but it really came from the J.H. Lowe. And uh, the J.H. Lowe system is the original. And uh, it's it's uh, all really, really super quality stuff. My stepdad, uh, Jim Seaman, uh, was the uh, machinist uh, for me for years and years. He's retired now. And he, he made all the parts for me. And uh, it, was, it was very, very good, super quality. So when you talk about needing a, a, a buffing setup, um, all you really need is, is a motor uh, with a smooth shaft or, or two smooth shafts. If you have a shaft going out both sides, we can work with that. But this system is really designed even for just one shaft. You have one single half-inch or five-inch inch smooth shaft, uh, uh, a 1725 RPM motor, a third of a horsepower, uh, everything can be uh, universally threaded on and off from one shaft. Uh, it's all very quick change. It really works well from just a single shaft motor. Could you ballpark how much it would cost one of us just to get the just to get a get started being able to just do our own simple stem cleanings and stuff like that? If 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 you um, First of all, I don't sell motors, yeah. so so we got so that's why I mentioned the style of motor that is necessary: the, the 1725 RPM, third of a horsepower, smooth shaft. Smooth shaft's important because if it's a threaded shaft, like a uh, like a, a stone grinder motor or something similar to that, those threads are usually very very big and very coarse, and they're very hard to match. Um, because everybody has a different kind of thread when it comes to a threaded shaft on a motor. So, so to keep it, keep it consistent, keep it simple, a half to a five-eighths inch smooth shaft 
uh, is perfect because we have all the hardware for that. Um, but um, it would run if you got if you got let's, let's just let's just say if you got everything that I had, a bar of everything, a cake of wax, a one each of all the wheels, all the hardware that was needed. Uh, you would probably you'd probably spend about somewhere between 120 to 150 dollars. So it's not very not very much, very affordable. And then, once you have your own motor. And then of course you need practice motor, you need practice pipes to try on first before you start taking oh, your prize possessions. Oh, there's plenty of practice pipes on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to make sure that people know that they're not going to walk right up to the wheel the first time and clean their favorite prized pipe. Well, and and that you know there again uh, earlier I mentioned the the knowledge. Um, I, I, when I sell something to somebody, the knowledge goes along with it. All you got to do is ask. Um, once once you have something and you have a question about what you bought, um, I can hopefully uh, guide you to get the right answer or do something right or make it easier for you to do. Um, it's just the way I am. Just, just the way I am. And if you hadn't volunteered that, I would have said that because you've helped me several times. <laughs> well, it, it's you know I get a lot of calls. I get I get I get calls from people that haven't bought me stuff, uh, bought anything from me. But uh, if they have a question and I can answer it, there's I I I'm, I've never ever been uh, one of these uh, a secret person person that thinks they have. They only do it one way, and I have to keep it keep it close to my heart and keep it a secret. I, I, I really don't. I've never done that. Um, I don't know. Just the way I am. Well, maybe let me reword that. You gave me all the advice and information and knowledge, and I tried to do it correctly. Um, oh. <laughs> but it did work. Well, you know, there's 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 a there's a hundred ways to do the same thing once. <laughs> so uh, right or wrong, but but there's 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 no there's no right way to do anything if you find a way to work that works for you. Does that make any sense? It makes um, perfect sense. Okay, all right. If it works for you, doesn't matter how anybody else does it. Um, it might work for them. Might not the way they do it might not work for you. Uh, so, but but then again, if you call me. And you're doing something that I think is so foreign to the right, not necessarily the right way, but a way to do it well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guide you in a way to do it better than than to struggle with with a, a, a way that might not work. And the last question I always like asking this of repair people, but what's the worst repair job you've had to do? My, my mind is running, is racing through all these pictures of, of these destroyed pipes that I've had to pin back together. Um, are, are the pipes that you've had to pin back together, are they actually like ones that were shattered into multiple pieces? Yeah, so I had a pipe once that was rolled over by a car, <laughs> and, uh, and he brought it in, and it wasn't crushed and warped. Is if it was warped from the breaking, I wouldn't have been able to do it. But it, it kind of broke with nice, nice edges, 
so I was I was actually able to. I don't know why he wanted me to put all this time and money into it, but I, I, I actually glued and pinned it all back together, and then uh, he agreed to have uh, it rusticated. So I was able to hide all the little, uh, the fissure marks and the glue joints and stuff, and uh, the pins and stuff that were hidden inside the walls and things like that. But I was able to put it all back together and. and uh, uh, I haven't I haven't gotten it back since. So I either retired or kept smoking it, one or the other. But that was one of the ones that was it was uh, that, that I remember well. <laughs> that, that certainly wins the prize. So. <laughs> we will uh, wrap this up, Tim, with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answers. Whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Uh, let's go for it. What is your favorite pipe? Oh Lord! <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's not necessarily um, it's not necessarily one of mine. I I have a little bag full of uh, probably twenty five, thirty, forty pipes, and they're all my favorites. Uh, there is a particular one that I'm thinking about here that I, that I did make from the Monkeys Retreat days, early Monkeys, like 1975. The wood actually came from Smoker's Haven, and uh, it was a really it 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 really turned out nice. It's hard to describe, but it has a couple finger panels on it, and it's a little bit of a longer shank, and beautiful little pipe, nice little pipe. But it's all totally handmade. And what's your favorite tobacco? Uh, right now, um, the um, the. The uh, you're gonna have to help me because I think I think you have some business with with this company, the HH Latakia blend. The HH Latakia flake. Yep. Flake. That's it. Yeah. The HH Latakia flake. Um, I was I was really I really like the the cut flake tobaccos. Uh, when I was growing up, I used crumble cake from Smokers Haven. Um, then it was Bengal slices. And and then um, and oh uh, Penzance and then I went on to Penzance, uh, but then in the last uh, four or five years that it I've, I found that uh, Latakia flake and that's just that that's just the the honey hole for my uh, for my palate that's just beautiful tobacco. Your family must be very patient with the aroma. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> My son, my son Brandon, and I uh, will will go have an adult beverage on the deck, and that's when I smoke my pipe. <laughs> and that's a perfect segue into what is your favorite drink? Um, um, a blended scotch. Right? It's it's a it's a taste that I acquired as I got older, uh, more adult. Um, as a as a younger person, um, I liked I I, I liked. Uh, Beer and, and sour mash whiskeys and things like that, but uh, but uh, I've really gone to liking uh, a, a good scotch. Yeah. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? When it's time to relax, I, re- I prefer TV. Because <laughs> because by the time you get a chance to relax, that's about all you got time for, huh? <laughs> <laughs> with all the little businesses and 
and you know I'm I'm, I'm a, a house husband because I work out of the house, um, and uh, Carla she's a nurse so she's she works out of the house, so I've always been here at the house, you know, kids off to school and stuff like that. So I've you know it, it it's it's from when I wake up in the morning I hardly ever have any time to actually sit down. So so by the time I do finally get to sit down, it's usually TV right right before I go to bed. And the last question, is there a particularly favorite pipe smoking memory that we haven't talked about? Hmm. And this this oh. one's always the toughest for the older <laughs> for those well, of us. Because that there's so many because there's so many good memories, um, of different uh of of different things. Uh but but I would just have to I would just have to take it back to the early days when uh uh, uh, Mr. Ormerod and my good friend Dana, his son. Uh, Mr. Ormerod was the person I was talking about that had the museum-quality collection of figural pipes and stuff like that. And we would sit around at his table uh, in the evening, and uh, we would just uh, 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 talk philosophy, uh, just everything. Uh, we, Whatever came into our heads, we'd talk about. And... Uh, We'd all sit. I'm, I'm a teenager. We're sitting around, not drinking, but we're sitting around smoking pipes at his dinner table. And uh, so those, those, that, that memory, that would have to be one of my better memories of, of pipes and pipe smoking. The website is jhlowe.com. Tim, it's always wonderful to see you. I look forward to seeing you in uh, Chicago, Columbus, and wherever else, uh, the trade show, okay. when we run into each other. Thank That's you. Right. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Thanks, Ryan. We'll be back in just a minute. It's Saturday morning at the crack of dawn. The cool chill of night still clings to the air as the sun slowly rises over the misty surface of the lake. You've waited all week for just this moment. You know that today is going to be epic. Everything is here to ensure perfection, from the nice full cooler packed with your favorite suds to the other empty one, waiting to be filled with piles of freshly caught fish. Reaching into your pocket, you pull out your trusty briar and fill it with your favorite tobacco aptly named Great Outdoors. It is the perfect smoke for moments like these. A strike, a flash, and your tobacco is lit as the delicious mixture ignites and swirls over your tongue and the deep rich burleys with a hint of sweet Virginia dance in your mouth. You smile, casting your first line into the water. The slowly widening ripples begin to stir as you feel the first bite of the day tug at your line. Now you know it truly is going to be a good day and a perfect time to enjoy the simple yet unmatchable pleasures of the great outdoors. Great Outdoors is another fine quality pipe tobacco manufactured by Sutliff, America's oldest tobacco company, and is available at fine tobacconists everywhere. Enjoy your perfect day by purchasing a tin today. This is Internet Radio. Welcome back. And yeah, Tim really is just one of the nicest guys and always available with uh, advice or a how-to. And check out the website. You'll love him. Uh, all right, so for music, 
Hey, we're going we're going back to Louis Armstrong, and I don't care. Uh, no, a few people uh, commented how much they enjoyed that. So we're going back to Louis Armstrong doing "When You Wish Upon a Star." Upon a star Makes no difference Who you are Anything Your heart desires Will come To you If your heart Is in your dream is too extreme when you wish upon a star as dreamers do fate is kind she brings to those who love Of their secret love Like a boat Out of the blue Fate steps in And sees you through Mama, when you wish to put the stars your dreams have drew Secret long yes like a boat out of the blue fate steps in and sees you through baby when you wish upon us all your dream. Oh, true. 
when you wish the bundle stars makes no difference who you are your dreams That is my second favorite version of that song. Second only to the absolute original with Jiminy Cricket. You got mail. And that is Tom Hanks, the voice of Woody from Toy Story. All right, mailbag. Uh, Let me just say, the uh, Facebook messages, the Facebook notifications, the uh, the personal messages, emails have been uh, flooding in. Apparently, everybody loves the Queen of Cobbs. And uh, you know what? Maybe we'll have her back in a year after she's had had a year under her belt and see what's changed in uh, Kaylee's outlook on uh, pipe smoking. All right, uh, real quickly here, John Seiler writes, Hi, Brian, I'm glad you had such a good time in Vegas. I must have missed Kaylee Hansen in the crowd at Chicago. I really can't say much about Cobbs as I haven't smoked one in about 40 years or so. Kaylee seemed to be an easy interview for you. Yep. Uh, I almost thought you were going to be speechless a first at the end of her favorite pipe-smoking memory. Yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, entertainment, the poem was interesting, and the reading was quite good. The Louis Armstrong music was quite zippy. Rant, only one working runway seems like Pittsburgh road construction. Always something preventing you from going from here to there. The way they restructured the seating in the airplane, I would be worried. Hope you have fun in Disney. Me too. Um, yeah, there were some there were some people that were a little worried, but we made it home. Uh, Bill forty five writes, "Great show, Brian. Interesting to get a female perspective on pipe smoking. I have a general in my collection. That's a general corn cob, plus two versions of the MacArthur." Uh, the Vegas show sounded like a great time. My birthday was Saturday. That would have been a nice place to spend it. Started my 33rd year in the hobby. I smoked my first pipe when I turned 21 and have enjoyed it ever since. Like the poem and enjoyed Louis Armstrong. Have a great time at Disney. Looking forward to next week. And here it is. Uh, and Casey Ghost, Dan writes, Love the detailed report on the Vegas show. Sounds like the show was very well attended. Color me jealous as hell. I'm sure you did a great job being the guest speaker at their banquet. Yeah, you can go and watch that YouTube video and see what you think. Uh, Dan says, to my surprise, I enjoyed the interview with Kaylee. She seemed like a real genuine person and had a little different tale to tell. I thought from her picture she might be one of the suicide girls. (laughs) Um actually like the program. Really liked Satchmo doing Zippity-Doo-Dah. He is just one of my favorites. Uh, the thing I want to know is, how did the airline figure out your plane was overweight, and why did it take until you were on the runway? Were there scales out at the end of the runway? I actually think I know the answer to this. I think there's actually scales on the landing gear. So once everybody gets on board... They can look at what the scales on the landing gear are saying the weight of the airplane is. I think that's actually how they do it. No, there's no uh, big truck stop thing where you got to run through the scales on the way to the uh, on the way to to the runway. Um, 
But hey, look at that, a show that uh, Dan actually liked most of everything. That's a rarity. All right, in just a minute, rave time. If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for cupofjoes.com. Cupofjoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. Cupofjoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly pipes. Check out their remodeled website at cupofjoes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook, cupofjoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achilles Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs, comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. So I was saving this for a special rave because it was just pure kindness. And here's what happened. On uh, Facebook a couple weeks ago, Sally Gottliebson of the Pipe Tart tags me in a picture of a t-shirt. And it says, and you can go on the Facebook and see it, but it says it's in my DNA and it's got Mickey Mouse heads in a DNA strain. So I jokingly replied back to Sally, Christmas is coming and I wear a size large or extra large. Uh, depending on how much I've eaten. And that was it. Left it at that. I get to the West Coast Pipe Show, and Sally says, I got a present for you. And she presents me with the T-shirt. She actually went online and bought it. Truly wonderful people. And as I started thinking about it, I started thinking, you know, that was just a wonderful, kind gesture of just giving me something that I absolutely love if you go on my Facebook page, you'll see that I've actually posted a picture because I'm wearing it on today, Tuesday, this day, as the show's going out for you all to see. I'll post a picture of me on Facebook at, uh, at Epcot with it. Uh, but the community is full of just absolutely wonderful people. Uh, during, the, uh, during the West Coast Pipe Show, the hospitality of Steve Liskey and his family, hanging out with them as table mates, absolutely wonderful people. Uh, the group of folks from Australia came up for came up to come to Vegas and the West Coast Pipe Show. Just wonderful people, and couldn't couldn't imagine a better bunch of guys to hang out with at a pipe show. The entire pipe community, full of absolutely wonderful people in this hobby, couldn't ask for a better bunch of people to associate with in my 
personal and professional career. And even Russ Hicks planning a weekend to come down to Disney World with his family when he knew that I'd be there. And boy, I bet Russ still wishes he was here hanging out with me, but he's back at work designing airplanes. And I'm at uh, Walt Disney World playing around and having fun. All right, hey, uh, if you get a chance, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes. We do appreciate those. It's been a while since we've had one. Uh, Follow me on Facebook and like the Pipes Magazine radio show on Facebook. If you got any questions or comments, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com or post them right on the uh, Pipes Magazine radio show page for this show. And I look forward to them all want to thank Tim West for taking time out of his super busy day to join us. want to thank you all for tuning in. And thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. Until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to And if you are a Scottish lord, then I am Mickey Mouse. How dare he?